0: Hello, this is A.R. Bernard, and welcome to my podcast. My objective, it's simple, to create a platform where you can be educated, informed, and inspired as you navigate the intersection of faith and culture. If you have no faith, maybe you'll find it here. So, thanks for tuning in. Grace and Peace family, we are here with you again, excited about spending some time in the Word, and it seems like we're developing sort of a pattern where we deal with Current events, yes.
1: pop culture, and then we go into the word. I, I think that's that's okay. Yeah, uh, the feedback has been amazing. Um, you know, like I said, people are sending messages, and they're really appreciating the fact that once you, know, you 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 are truly equipping people, especially from a biblical lens. A lot of individuals they'll they'll speak from you know their personal worldview or some worldview that might have a hint uh, of the Bible. Uh, context mm. in it, mm-hmm. but now you're, you're really coming from a true biblical worldview, a lens in which we can articulate and approach certain things where and, and it's good because it becomes more balanced. So I can approach the the table of conversation with a desire to forgive. Right. Right. You know, right. and where some people go to such an extreme, like you said, when you put the, the different names on on, on there, where they so starch, you know, into their black their nationalism dream, yeah, and, you know, and, and possibly run that borderline of Pan-Africanism <laughs> or pan african <laughs> yeah, Martin Garvey. Yeah. Yes. Uh, where, where All they see is us against them. I'm black, 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 black. And um, that tends to become their lens. I think it's
0: balance. And and you're right. Because, you know, again, Augustine said in his response to Mm -hmm. the whole idea that there are different capacities of hearing. Yep. And we've got to make sure that the instruction is consistent with people's capacity to hear mm-hmm. uh, because you have different soils. You know, you have different <laughs> intellects, different levels of understanding, exposure. I mean, it's just there's just so much. And that's in the Roman Empire when Augustine wrote that. And it was so true.
1: It was, it was such diversity and trying to get the gospel out. And that's true today. Yeah. So because even in public speaking classes, they say, know your audience. Yeah. Right. So even your audience can be an audience of one, right, or hundreds. But still, know your audience. Yeah. And some people forget that they're talking to individuals that might not have the capacity to understand mm-hmm. or comprehend what point they're trying to get across.
0: Yeah, and it's not that they're, they're ignorant or stupid or anything like that. We only think to the level of what we're exposed yeah. to. I only know what I know. Yeah, and, and people, you know, have been exposed to certain things. And when we come and purposely, intentionally, give a, a biblical lens for you to make sense of the world around you, you know uh it's new yes. to a lot of people yep. and let me emphasize that because um our, our faith needs to be relevant and relevant means two things for us number one it's got to be practical yes. it's got to be applicable on a daily basis mm-hmm. in terms of managing my money my relationships my family my children you know but also it has to be socially applicable and that simply means that my faith has to give me a lens through which i can make sense of what's happening in the world around me spiritually, morally, ethically, uh, socially, politically, emotionally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. so this is why we do what we do. And, and, you know, it takes a lot of research, time, study, because I know you all are fact checking <laughs> me while I'm speaking here. Uh,
1: so, I, you know, you've got to have your thing together. Yep. But but that concept is not a new concept. That concept is strong with the uh, uh eastern lens uh you go anywhere from africa up into Asia minor uh you know where they make sure that their uh relationship with whatever god they worship in whatever religion system or structure that they were developing or designing. It was a part of their everyday life. Right. There was no compartmentalizing, you know, my my spirituality, the, you know, my religion and stuff like that. Not until you look at the Western and Western is not here in America, but up north, you know, in Roman Catholic coming over to here into America has it didn't there was a compartmentalizing of the r- religion. uh, sort of say so now with you saying, OK, no, this is relevant. This heaven admirable. and earth are one. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's the
0: way the Jews saw yep. it. That's way the ancient world saw it. Mm-hmm. That's the way even the early church and fathers, you know, uh, for us as Christians, yes. you know, heaven and earth are one. So that's why they appealed to God in ways that they felt he was looking uh, at their circumstance, mm-hmm. their situation. He, the, he, they didn't have to inform him. Yeah. He knew what was going down. And they were asking, why are you letting that go down? <laughs> yeah, <'cause laughs> when are you going <laughs> to act on our behalf if you are, you know, Jehovah God, all-powerful mm-hmm. and all that. Which are the same questions we're asking today. So uh, we, we pray that you've been blessed uh, by the format. And yes, I am teaching you. At large, you all—not just <laughs> my son uh, Jamal Bernard. No, no. Uh, the Bible is filled with conversations, and when we read it, we're actually spectators to conversations mm-hmm. that are taking place between God and a prophet, God and a king, God and a patriarch. You know, uh, God and a shepherd, uh, uh, between people and nations and leaders, and you know, and we're overhearing and we're asking a question. Okay. What's the lesson here? Yeah. What can I apply to my own life? And hopefully that's what you're doing from these conversations, that you understand that this is speaking to you as well, and there's something that you can get from it. Plus, I have your number. I, yeah, so you I me, yeah, you can call me. Yeah, yeah. Nope. Like, like, this is the only time I teach <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> you. The only time we get together is 555.
1: Five, five. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so what's, what's on
0: the questions
1: oh, today? Some, some of these uh, uh, questions are... Um, Steep, you know. It, it, I, I think as we get closer to elections, the uh, the sense of how volatile the atmosphere is getting. You know. So one question it is becomes more apparent. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, one anxiety. question is the whole idea of. Um, a civil war, you know, looking at uh, who's going to win. You know, what's going to outbreak? Out, break, you know, uh, break out when it comes to that. You got the, the black militia down man. in Georgia. You got, you know, the white militia over. You know, um, I think it's Wisconsin. And you see all this stuff going on, and people are coming to arms, like you know, really loading up, getting ready for some type of war, a revolution. Yes, a revolution. Well, you know, look um, philosophically.
0: The the Civil War never ended. Mm. <laughs> you know, it just changed forms. <laughs> you, you, know, it, you know, there's a it, it so from, I know, so y'all <laughs> gonna get upset with yes. me. I, it's okay, but the reality is that although it emancipated the slaves. Mm-hmm. It took form in segregation, yeah, Jim, Jim Crow, Crow. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, mass incarceration. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, redlining.
1: redlining, you know, it just yes.
0: went on and on. Uh, systems to keep uh, African-Americans separated, segregated, and and down in some way so when we talk about civil war philosophically it never really ended in america and that's why we're going through what we're going through today Mm -hmm. we feel this great divide and yeah the closer we get to the election the the more anxiety that we're going to feel in the nation and i think it's taking its toll uh spiritually morally ethically emotionally and even physically uh and economically Mm -hmm. it's taking a toll in many many different ways so that's why we got to pray. Yes. Against deceit,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> injustice, and chaos. Yes. Now, uh, the other thing is there's been a statement saying uh, America needs to repent. What does that really look like? Because that, that statement is thrown out there and it hasn't been really uh, an explanation of what does that look like? All right. So if remember, Bill Clinton was ready to supposedly uh, repent on behalf of America and, and he they, got they, shut down. They stopped him on they that stopped one. one. Yeah, yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. So what does that look like? Uh, you know, the
0: biblical word repent means to change, mm-hmm. change direction, change attitude, uh, change values. It means a radical change in your thinking, your your vision for things. Uh, and if we're talking about repentance as real change, then yeah, we need to repent. Mm. And one of the things that we need to repent of is original sin.
1: Yeah. Wait, which, please. Which is, which is racist? I, I, I pray you got that. He yeah. said, um, "You know, it's about changing. You know, the biblical sense of repentance is about changing." Yeah. And, and so, when you have these conversations with individuals, it's saying, "Okay, yes, we, the American needs to repent because there's a lot of change that need to happen within America." Yeah. So when Jesus said, "Repent, for the kingdom of heaven
0: is at hand." The government of God, the reign of God is now mm-hmm. uh, in the earth manifesting itself, inaugurating his kingdom. All right. What he was saying is change. Yes. Y'all need to change. Yes. Change your attitude, change the way you think, the way you're living. And when John, the uh, John, the Baptist confronted the crowds and they asked him, what do we need to do? And he said, you know, you that that are in the military and been, been, you know, bullying the people and Mm -hmm. abusing the people. You need to change that. You who uh, are are well off need to consider those who are struggling. Mm -hmm. So he went through, you know, heavy tax.
1: He went through all of that kind of stuff. So, so it's like he was talking America. Yeah, well, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know, it's it funny because um, I think America has took on, taken on such a, uh, a large component of the spiritual uh, spirituality of Rome. That, you know, Okay, let me behave. And not Ooh, yeah, go there, yeah. Right?
0: that that that'll take two or three sessions. <laughs> All right, let me not to go deal there. with that. Yes. Um, yeah, All right, so I'll behave. All which right. is which is which is why Rome was willing to embrace Christianity because mm-hmm. they felt it was an answer to the moral decay, the yes. moral decline, mm-hmm. the social issues that were going on uh, in the society. So yeah, we
1: we are there. You know, but we'll, we'll be careful. All right. I'll behave. All right. So, so the, uh, you know, I, as we continue, you know, the biggest question I'm getting, and this is from individuals that are ready to back you. Ah, uh, uh, no, 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 no. I know where you're going. No, I'm not running from here.
0: No. Um, I, I was about to start your You know, campaign. I would tell you, yeah, I, let, me, let me not say that because I, I don't know the mind of God. I have no desire no intentions, because I feel I can do much more. So pastor doesn't, but all God right. might. I, look, you know, folks
1: got to get mad with God if something like that happens, right? not me. <laughs> That's a good statement, because last <laughs> time they came up, people did get mad at you. Folks left uh, the church. You know, they left the church. Oh you know, God, you know, all of a sudden they discovered. But the, now the questions uh, are, you know, because if you were mayor looking at our city with the potential to go back to the 70s, Right? You know, with the crime and abandonment of property. They said, Do you see more moving trucks in the five boroughs than you have seen in (laughs) years? Well, you you have people who. I saw one
0: story of people leaving the city uh, in great numbers. And then I I saw another story of people who left and are coming back. Because out in the woods didn't do it for them. You know, up in the mountains didn't do it for them. Mm -hmm. They're used to wanting to be on the cutting edge of change and transformation within the society. And look, when we look at history, all right, and our understanding of history and the development of civilization, it is the story of cities. Mm -hmm. Not rural areas no. because they did impact when we look at writing and archaeology and all of that what do we look what do we uncover we uncover cities yes that existed and and then we discover their mathematics their systems of law etc but civilization has been understood through cities mm-hmm. so cities play a very important role and the bible begins in a garden but ends in a city
1: I hope de Blasio is listening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know we're not supposed to say names, but. Everybody knows the mayor of New York City, so. We pray for those in authority. Yes, we pray for those you know, in authority. Look,
0: everybody, look, and you want to be careful not to be an armchair quarterback because yes. it's either stand on the side, mm-hmm. you're not making the decisions, but you've got opinions and ideas. What I think is important is clarification of terms mm-hmm. because we have this. Defund the police. Yeah, that's going to be the next question. Yeah, yeah I, 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 because last week we talked about another definition of chaos besides mm-hmm. confusion and disorder. Chaos is also the, the, in, the instability mm-hmm. of systems and structures. When we see that systems and structures are unstable, mm-hmm. all right, that's a form of chaos. The unpredictability of those things create anxiety and it creates confusion. So we are now challenging the status quo. We're challenging our social institutions like policing. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's creating a, a, a degree of, of, of a sense of unpredictability with how it's going to turn out. Our yeah. political systems, our medical systems. You know, if we if we have another wave of COVID, mm-hmm. we've seen the deficiencies, we've seen the inequities. So now we're experiencing chaos in a way that. The, 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 the trust in the durability of our systems and structures are now in question. So we can't predict. Things are... Unpredictable. Yeah. You ask who's going to win the yeah. election. And uh, if, you're, if you're a Trump supporter, you say Trump is going to win. <laughs> if you're a Biden supporter, you say Biden going to win. If you're a reasonable thinker, you say, I don't know. I'm not mm-hmm. sure how this is going to play out. Yeah. So that's where we are. So definition of terms is critical because when you talk about defund the police, what do you mean by that?
1: Yes. And, and a lot of people are just using that recklessly. I- and I know I'm going to get in trouble for even making uh, that statement. Because whenever you move to an extreme, you're in a level, at a place of recklessness. Well, you know, there's a wonderful passage.
0: I, I'm looking it up because I was thinking about this um, when, when you shot some of the questions towards me. Proverbs 22, chapter 22, verse 3, and it's in the living Bible. It says, a prudent man foresees the difficulties ahead and prepares for them. The simpleton, or the fool, goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. And I think what is true for an individual mm-hmm. should be true for a city, a state, a nation, a region, anyone in leadership, all right? Mm-hmm. You have to think carefully, foresee the difficulties that that can come out of decisions that you're making or changes that you're looking to make. And I think that's very important. So all right let's go yeah. to the board yeah, yeah go please board. okay all right Are you golden saints i'm at the board <laughs> you know golden saints was saying i don't go to the board so i don't <laughs> go to the board there were there were this is such a, a great verse because you're looking into the difficulties of of each form so you had you had those who wanted to defund the police yes right defund police You had those who want to, uh, abolish the police. Right. Yes. And you had those who want to reform the police. And these are different ways of addressing the issues that we see with racialized policing Mm -hmm. systems, racialized criminal justice system, you know, and, and people have different ideas. So there are those who are totally behind this and you hear the term defund the police, but what does that mean? Yes. What does that look like? Does that Mm -hmm. mean take, you know, the complete budget away from the police? and, and, (laughs) And then what does it mean? Take, you know, decreasing the budget of the police and by how much mm-hmm. and, and where where are you going to redirect that money? What are you going to do with that money? So, you know, and abolishing the police, they they want to get rid of it completely. So let's think about reforming the police, because I was on a, um, a conference call, Zoom, actually, with the New York City Police Commissioner. And he asked me the question. So when it comes to reforming the police, what are the things that you think that we need to include? And so transparency, mm-hmm. that's very, very important because we know that institutional cultures develop over time along with the policies that support the culture. Yep. So if you have an institutional culture that's racist, all right, then you will put policies in place to support. protect that, mm-hmm. right? And if you know that there is police misconduct, you'll also build into mm-hmm. that culture things to protect the police who engage in misconduct. Yep. All right. That goes to union contracts and everything mm-hmm. else. So, you know, transparency is critical. Yes. You've got to, you've got to
1: put it out there. You can't cover it up. And that's why I get annoyed because people want to say statistics, 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 but statistics is only information that is part of the transparent <laughs> arm uh, uh, of that instead of because we know that not everything is reported not I, everything is a part of statistics so you got individuals or Candace Owens I'm oh, sorry you got individuals Ooh, I know. easy there <laughs> easy there. Don't, don't upset those uh, the conservatives who love her <laughs> yeah but they use statistics to support their points but I, statistics are not, I, should not be the only basis to come with a comprehensive
0: well, see that's the problem with, with the voice and look I, I, I'm conservative for you know very plain reasons mm-hmm. with regard to government and, and 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 free enterprise and taxation and 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 personal responsibility. So, you know, nothing to do with the political party. Yes. Those are not uh, are not Republican values. No. you know, they're, they're they're values uh, that that are uh, come out of my faith mm-hmm. and my my Christian social ethic. Um, so, transparency is critical. Mm-hmm. All right, don't let police officers get bad police officers because most police officers are not bad. Yes. All right. Mm -hmm. But there are those who are bad and it creates a system. So not only because I also had a conversation, a meeting with the U.S. Navy, speaking to them about how to go about changing uh, the cultures that develop over time, that are racialized. And one of the things I said to the, the, the U.S. Navy, I said that there has to be systems of accountability put in place and transparency put in place. Mm-hmm. So you can't cover stuff up. That's very, very important. Also policy changes, because remember, institutional cultures deliver, develop over time, but also policies that support mm-hmm. those cultures develop with them. So there's got to be policy changes. Community relationship building has to take place and better training. Mm-hmm. All right. So those are, that's police reform you know, but then there are those who say defund the police. And the only reasonable voices that I that I really heard about defunding the police. All right. And and they talked about revisiting uh, public safety as a whole. All right. And letting up capital to address social issues that affect policing. So this is one of the things that they, they talked about. So they're talking about redirecting funds to to bring social uh, workers onto the scene when there's a mental health situation. That sounds great. Yes. But often mental health situations that police respond to start out one way mm-hmm. and can quickly escalate yes. into violent situations. Social workers are not trained mm. to deal with violent situations. So, uh, you oh, know, how long do you wait for the social worker to come on? And see, like, there's so many. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I'd say so <laughs> defund the police. Reasonable voices that I've mm-hmm. heard. Dismantling institutional cultures and policies that protect those cultures. Right. Yeah. Uh, creating just made a list. Create systems that actually protect and serve everyone, mm-hmm. not just some folks. Mm-hmm. All right. Establish greater transparency and accountability of police, which I talked about, police misconduct and also Hold citizens accountable for racially manipulating the police system. Mm, that's good. Like you know, Karen's. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm careful with that name. That's that's my yeah. wife's name. Yeah, no, I know. Mother's name. But we're not talking about mommy. Yeah. But that's that's <laughs> defunding the police mm-hmm. in a more. Clear way of understanding it. Yes. All right, it's not just wiping out the police department, but there is another group that wants to abolish policing. Yeah, then who's going to police? All the, well, that's that's the thing. <laughs> but but they, it's about a, a concept of policing that was applied primarily, and this is what they're saying, that applied primarily to black and brown people, specifically slavery, Mm -hmm. runaway slaves. So you had all of these policing laws that had more to do with slaves. All right. But there's another reality because you just can't throw it all on black and brown people and slaves, because Mm -hmm. if that's true, then there'd only be police departments in black and brown communities. But there are police Mm -hmm. departments in white communities. They say, those who want to abolish the, the, you know, the police, they say that it's also a tool for classism and control of class. So there was a time in this nation where Irish, Jewish immigrants, uh, um, German, German, Italian, Italian mm-hmm. immigrants, you know, who were coming in, they were undesirable. And the, the white wealthy class didn't want them in their neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. So they would create regulations and whatnot. And policing was there to keep the peace, which was not that disruptive in their neighborhood, but to keep the undesirables out. Mm-hmm. So policing has been manipulated throughout its history in American society, you know? And, and the question is, what's the new model? And those who want to abolish policing say, well, the new model is, is uh, self-policing, which means community <laughs> policing, uh, that, you know? So, all right, so let's, let's, let's get rid of the institutional policing system and replace it with a community policing system. But until you really deal with the brokenness of the individual. Well, see, that's the point that that they miss, whether it's an institutional policing system Mm -hmm. or whether it's a a community policing system, you still have human beings Mm -hmm. who are involved in the policing. So when you have human beings, and you know, this is why our Mm. biblical lens is critical. Our biblical worldview is critical because we believe in what is called original sin. Mm -hmm. Every human being suffers in some way from the condition of brokenness and woundedness. And that's gonna manifest itself in some way. And that's really what causes the problem. That police officer (laughs) who had his knee on George Floyd's that, he had an issue. Mm -hmm. There's some serious issues, but it was also reflective of an accepted culture that has to change. So we have to change the individual, we also have to change the culture in which the individual works. Yeah, because the question is, who sets the standard
1: of of the morale or the morality, the morality, yeah, yeah, the, the morality, most, yeah, yeah. So you, that it, they they, uh, they walk, they use to, to, to justify or judge, you know, because you know this blacks that profile blacks. I, I know, I, I know. <laughs> yeah. That,
0: so if you have people, if you have mm-hmm. humans right, then you're going to have the issues that go along with being human when you have a broken, wounded Mm -hmm. individual who is part of the community policing unit who decides he's going to take out his frustration or she's going to take out her frustration on one of the members of the community. Mm -hmm. So it's not like replacing one with the other will totally eradicate the problem. It won't. Because we got to deal with with, people. people. Now, Mm -hmm. that takes it to another level and another problem. Because if people are the problem, then you're going to find alternative to people. Yep. And what are alternatives to people?: Technology. 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 And that's serious, because right now, New Zealand this year launched their first artificial intelligent police officer. Her name <laughs> <laughs> is Ella. All right? So now people are interacting with a, a, a computer screen, mm-hmm. all right, Which is the first step and the next step is robotics. Mm-hmm. The next step is more technology. So if the alternative, all right, to, to the problem with the human condition in any context, whether it's institutional policing or, or community policing, if the problem is human and the fallen human condition, we turn to technology. All right, now we end up with iRobot. Yeah, yeah. And if you haven't seen the movie, go see it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> iRobot. And, and what's the problem with that? When we when we replace all of it with robots and artificial intelligence, you cannot reason Mm-mm. with a machine. Yeah, so it- in a situation that may have variables that only a human being can understand, that machine is
1: going to respond based upon its programming. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that can be deadly. Because now you live, you're, you're strictly by the letter of the law. Yeah, it, that's you know, and, and that's where it helps when the police have discretionary power. And
0: that's the problem, getting them to use that discretionary power. But if you replace it with technology, which is ultimately the way we can go, Mm -hmm. we end up what is called a a scientific dictatorship. Mm -hmm. And I didn't come up with that. Mm -hmm. Eisenhower, President Eisenhower (laughs) warned, just like he warned just before the the, the, um, Kennedy administration, right? Eisenhower warned about the military industrial complex, Mm -hmm. all right? He also warned about the scientific dictatorship. So science takes over we have all of these we have cameras everywhere we got Mm. robots everywhere i was i was in a um oh gosh what kind of store was it um home depot can i say that over here it's too late i was at home depot and this robot Mm -hmm. this robotic machine came up beep look you know Check me out, beeped a few times, and then went the other way.
1: Or oh, the cleaning robot. The floor. I don't
0: know if it's cleaning or checking me out. It should checking look it like cleaning, but it could be
1: security. I'm a little conspiracy on that. Oh, here we go. I, yeah, I was a bad conspiracy theorist.
0: <laughs> but, you know, and, and if we were bring this down to where we are as a society, trying to make decisions, I think of two verses. Number one, Luke chapter 14, and, and that's verses 28 to 32. For which one of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and count the cost whether he has sufficient to finish it less haply after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish it that he that behold it begins to mock him, saying, this man began the bill and was not able to finish. So we've got to think about the outcome. Mm-hmm. That's why that first passage in Proverbs says that you've got to look out into the future mm-hmm. and consider the difficulties ahead of time yes. and prepare for them. Because every decision, whatever model you create to respond to the issues in society is going to have benefit, but it's also going to have consequence. Mm-hmm. And maybe the consequence outweighs the benefit. Yes. So you've got to be aware. He continues in verse 31, or oh, what king going to make war against another king sits down, doesn't sit down first and consult whether he is able with